0: Morning everyone. Thank you, you can take your seats. How are we all this morning? Are you good? Looking forward to getting out to the pre-Christmas lunch and all this sort of stuff and have you got sort of the progressive lunch happening for the next week and all these people you're catching up with and all that sort of stuff? Friday I was at Meat and Wine Company in the city and then Friday night I was at uh, Joel and Ari's little girls Ariel's dinner and so you know you're sort of getting to that Christmas week when you're you're sort of going, oh God, not another meal. Anyone had that? That's, that's sort of me at the moment. We've got friends coming over this afternoon and then all this week we've got all sorts of stuff happening. And then Christmas lunch next Sunday is going to be awesome. We've got a heap of people coming around and we tend to invite people around that have uh, not got family here and so we get them around for Christmas and do all of that and have a great time and, and eat ourselves silly and then had food coma in the afternoon. Anyone done that? I've done that a lot. So my name's Paul um, I'm on the eldership and board of, of Life Point Church, um, got saved at the ripe old age of 14, uh, was a very broken young little kid, and uh, grew up, this is Leanne, my wife, we got, I got married at 19, uh, at the, a very young age, and then at 20 we went across to, uh, to Bible College, so we lived in Perth in Western Australia, came across here to do Bible College, um, did Bible College for a year at, at what was ABC, which was Paradise, if you remember, Paradise back in the day, um, so we did Paralyzed Bible College, became a youth pastor, became associate pastor, and then became a full time evangelist in Victoria, New South Wales for five years um, across there. And then we moved back to Adelaide, founded a business uh, in the middle of all of that, and uh, started a firm which sort of went a bit crazy. Uh, it grew, grew into, started a national, what they call managed service, which IT firm. I'm IT geeky, you know, I'm sort of that sort of guy, one of those. But I'm a, I'm a chatty friendly IT geeky guy so I'm a bit unusual so uh, most of the ones you meet are quite quite unchatty and unfriendly and you know have the sticky tape in the middle of here and all that sort of stuff so I, I met a guy recently a couple of weeks ago called Charlie uh, in Nashville and uh, um, so I was across there I'm doing some stuff with, with Belmont University over there um, in Nashville uh, working with all their exec team and doing some things over there and Charlie just had a Forbes article written about him about the work that he's doing with data and data for good and data for all and how they're making a really significant change in Tennessee um, in some of the really challenging areas and some of the challenging health stuff. And so, so then I'm talking to Charlie and Charlie goes, we, we're having a chat, and he goes, he goes, and so I'm hanging out with all these guys and they're all the cool kids. And I'm like, damn it. Oh, hang on, I'm not going to say that. Hang on. I'm, dang it. you know. I'm like, dang it. Um, you know, all, With all the cool kids. And, and Charlie goes, what? And I said... Charlie, I've always wanted to be a cool kid. I've never been a cool kid. And Charlie goes, you're you're a cool kid. You're coming to join us. You're a cool kid. And the whole thing from my takeaway to Nashville was, I'm a cool kid now. This is awesome. (laughs) So started a national managed services firm, um, grew that to be a national firm, bought a national data center business, grew that up, um, bought a national cloud business. We had defense as clients. We had federal government as clients. We had all sorts of different people as clients. 2020 we got approached by American venture capital firm. They bought the business in 2020 and um, at the same time through God, all of it was God, um, we bought a place in Stirling, a little, I call it my little shack down there. So um, it's sort of 24 rooms, nine bedrooms and and it's this massive place um, that we bought down there. It was the old Baggett house for those of you remember, Baggett house down there. So we bought the old Baggett house up in Stirling and moved in there and, and uh, had some great parties and stuff like that with people and um, it's been heaps of fun but the interesting thing about all of that is I've never forgot where I've come from I'm I'm youngest kid of four kids in Perth grew up in a single mum home went days without food um, had all sorts of stuff happen to me as a kid um, that I shouldn't be here I was a victim of incest in the family had all sorts of rubbish go on in my life that meant I shouldn't be standing where I am today and we talk about that you know but God in our lives And I want to share with you some stuff this morning that God laid on my heart, particularly for Mount Barker here today, um, in regards to stepping into what's next. And realistically in our lives, we have to really work out how we step into the next of what God's got for us, what God's got for us as a church, and then how we engage with that with faith in our lives. Because all of us have the same stuff. And I think about, about, you all know Joel Pittman, don't you, the, the creative pastor at our church? And Joel's, I went, I took Joel and my son and I, and um, we we went to America in March as a little celebration stuff. And Joel's really buff. Have you seen that? Like, you know, when Joel's there, you're like, you have man envy. Do you know what I mean? You get, he's he's like, he stands around and all this sort of thing. And so, but the interesting thing about Joel was, he was born a baby like you and me, and he was exactly the same as you and me, but he decided in his life that he was going to get fit and then from getting fit, he decided he was going to get really buff. And then he got really buff. And then all of us look at him and go, hmm, I like you and I hate you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because he looks really good. And it was funny because we are in, we're in uh, Los Angeles and we, we went out to, um, we went out walking while my son was sick in bed. And, and then we decided we'd go to dinner. And so we go up to, this is LA, of course. So then we go to this restaurant on top of this building overlooking the ocean. And they walk in and I said, it's dinner for two. So they, the waiter looks at me and he looks at Joel and he goes, okay, I'll find you a nice spot. And I said, oh, great. So he goes and they get us this little secluded spot for two guys because they obviously thought we were gay. And so, and so they put us a little candle in the middle and this sort of stuff. And so I'm sitting there looking at Joel and Joel looking at me. And so I said, i got to get a photo. So I took a photo and I sent it to Ari's wife and I was like, date night with the boys. <laughs> and Ari's like, go away. <laughs> But in our lives, how do we step into what's next? The Philippians 3 verse 13 to 14 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do is forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 12 verse 3 says that to each and every person has been given a measure of faith. And so for you and for I, the difference is, what are we doing with that measure of faith that God has given us? Are we using that faith or are we just hiding it and doing nothing with it? Or are we going, God, am I going to do something with my, my faith? And especially as we come to the end of 22 and into 23, are we actually going to do something with our faith and, and actually make a difference with that? And, and I think about that in our lives and particularly in my life. And the funny thing was, and I'll share this little story with you, as As we came to the end of me being involved in the business, I did the business for 22 years. And so every morning I woke up with knowing I was going to get 300 and something emails in a day. One particular day on on a Friday, I got 103 phone calls in one day. If you could imagine that, by the end of the day, I wanted to throw my phone against the wall. I was done. But, you know, in the middle of all of that, I exited the business in January. In March of this year, the noise went away. So I'd had 22 years of noise, and I work in IT, so the noise is 24-7, never stops. So because we had data centres and everything, I'd get alerts all the time. So if something was going wrong somewhere, I didn't have to action it, because I had other people that actioned it, but I wanted to know about it. So just in case there was something that escalated, I wanted to be aware. So we would have stuff going on all over Australia and different things happening, and there was all this noise that was going on. In March, it went away, and that was the most interesting thing in my life. Because I was I was in actually in America with Joel and Andrew, my son, and the noise went away. And it was the most freaky thing that I've ever had in my life. Because what happened was, like, that caused me for the next three months to go, okay, is this it? Like, okay. And the funny thing was a mate of mine who runs a, a thing for uh, ministers in America rings me up and he says, Paul, he says, I've got, I've got a word for you. And I said, Yeah, Brian, what is it? And he says, God says there's bigger mountains to climb. You're not finished, you're not stopping, there's bigger mountains to climb. I was like, okay. And then David, Pastor David, brings me literally 15 minutes later. And he goes, I can't get this out of my head, I've got this word for you. I was like, yeah, what? And he says, you've got bigger mountains to climb. You've got stuff you need to do. Like, you're not finished yet. And you know, it's interesting in our lives, we can have all sorts of stuff happen in our lives, but God wants us to walk that walk of faith all the way through our life. And what I want to share with you is seven points. I promise to be quick. So seven divided by 21 is three minutes a point. (laughs) And everybody said, amen. Seven points about how you engage with the next in your life. The way I've got to where I've got to is because I've consistently engaged with the next in my life. The way I've been able to be effective in the things that I've done is because I've consistently taken the next step of faith in my life. And I've not stopped at any point and said, okay, I've had enough. And in that journey, I've gotten hurt really badly. In that journey, things haven't worked out the way I've thought they have going to work out. In that journey, I've gotten, I've gotten disillusioned in that journey. Anyone had disillusionment? I had disillusionment in my journey of where I've gone with my faith. But I will say one thing. In Melbourne, I learned this really, and it really blew my mind. Disillusionment comes from you living an illusion in the first place. You live an illusion thinking it's going to be different than the way it actually is. And when that bubble pops, is when you get disillusionment. The problem is, though, you're living an illusion to start off with. And in our lives, I've had disillusionment. I've had things not work out the way that they should. I've had times where I've sat there and cried and said, I don't even know if I'm going to have it tomorrow. Even a few years ago, I think it was back in 2019, um, we, we had our, our CFO make made a mistake in the books and I had a thing called an unfunded liability. For those of you who don't know what that is, where's Aaron now? Yeah, Aaron, <laughs> he knows exactly what this is. I had, a, I had an unfunded, what that means is when all your debtors pay their bills to you, they pay all the money in, I was $700,000 short of paying all my creditors. So I'm sitting there going, and I found that out in Sydney, and I, I went to sleep that night, slept for an hour. The next night in Sydney, slept for another hour. Over two days, I slept for two hours. I got back, and I rang my accountant, my accountant mentor guy, and I said, I'm done. Emotionally, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And he sat there, and he said, let's just have a look at some stuff. I said, okay. So he said, get a piece of paper. So I got a piece of paper, and he said, write down all your debts. So I wrote down all my gazillion dollars of debts. i <laughs> And he said, right, now let's write down all your assets, everything you've got, what's it worth? So I wrote it all down. And the difference was, you know, reasonable amount in the black. And I looked and I went, huh. And uh, I can't say what he said, but he said, he said, so I've got one question for you. I said, what's that? And he said, at what point are you going to give a about it and start fighting for it? I was like, Craig, I wanted your sympathy. He was like, buddy, you came to the wrong place for that, didn't you? But, you know, in the middle of all that, I wanted to quit in the middle of all of that because it got too hard. And yet, out of that, we had phenomenal growth. In 2020, in, in the first six months of 2020, we grew 60% across the whole organisation. In September 2020, our cloud business grew 50% in one month. Can you imagine that? Like, we, we were, you imagine techie guys going into free fall? That was our techie guys. How are we going to make this work? And yet in all of this, the seven things I want to speak about is in stepping into what's next in your life. And number one is next involves faith. Faith is the basis of next. You've all been given a measure of faith. Are you using it or are you not using it? And it's like a muscle like I talked about with Joel. He got buffed because he used his muscles. If you don't use your faith muscle, it becomes very small. The things I'm looking at next for next year are really, really big. And the reason why I'm doing that is because God has allowed me to, and I've engaged with exercising the faith over the years in my life, to actually go where God has has called me to go. But that started with me doing just the little things. And some of those things were really little things, and they were just the next step of faith. Hebrews 11 verses 1 and 2 says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Next involves faith, and you actually deciding to do something with your faith. You and I need to do something with our faith. As we go into 2023, it can be the same. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome. I don't want to be that sort of person who goes into next year and does exactly the same thing and expects a different outcome out of it. I'm the sort of guy who, like Pastor Gary, says, God, do something with my life. Help make me effective. Help me... Help me to reach out to people and do things. And I don't care if I'm meeting some person who's a homeless guy who I need to make a difference in his life. I don't care. What I care about is I make a difference in people's lives. That's what I care about. So number one is next uh, next involves faith. Number two is next involves discomfort. Who's ever had discomfort in your life? I've had a lot in my life. I've had things that are really uncomfortable. I've had to talk to people about stuff that's really uncomfortable. I've had people talk to me about things that are really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And next involves discomfort. If you look through the Bible, you look at all these people in the Bible who had discomfort. Joseph is a great example of that. Here was this guy who his brothers hated him, and they chucked him in a hole, and then they sold him as a slave, and they did all of that. And then he got you know, to Potiphar's wife, and he starts building his way up. And then it all comes crashing down again. He gets chucked into jail. Here's the guy where he, he should be able to complain about anything in his life. And yet he didn't. He said, God, I'm trusting you regardless. I'm trusting you regardless. Numbers of times in my life I've gotten to the point and I've said, God, I'm trusting you regardless. But next involves discomfort. All of the stuff that I've had as discomfort in my life. I wouldn't trade for a thing because that's helped me to get where I am today. So next, number two, next involves discomfort. Number three, next involves sacrifice. If you want to get somewhere in your life, you have to sacrifice something. Next involves sacrifice. Matthew 16 verse 24 says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross, and follow me. Pretty easy. Not that easy, but pretty easy. If we want to get someone as a, as a church, it involves sacrifice. What we celebrated here this morning was people sacrificing themselves to help build the church. That's how it works. I don't get any money from the church. I work with lots of different areas and different stuff within the church. I don't want any money from the church. I don't need any money from the church, but I still sacrifice my time, my money, my effort, all all of the stuff that I've got to help build the church. That's what I do. And God calls us to equal sacrifice, not equal money or anything like that, but equal sacrifice. The sacrifice that I do is what God calls each and every one of us to do. And my level of sacrifice is different to yours, and that's okay. But God calls each of us to sacrifice. Next involves sacrifice in your life if you want to get to some of your goals in 2023 if I want to get fit in 2023 I think it's going to involve sacrifice all the stuff I want to eat I probably can't eat that much anymore all the things I want to do I probably can't do some of those anymore all the cricket I want to watch I probably can't watch any more of that cricket I need to actually go outside and wander around a bit and you know do that sort of stuff if I want to actually get some goals it involves sacrifice sacrifice And in our lives, if we want to engage with what God has got for us, it involves sacrifice. That's point three. Point four, this is a great one. This is the one that everyone falls over on all the time. Point four, next involves letting go. Can I say something? Your past doesn't define you. Jesus defines you, not your past. And unfortunately, with lots and lots of people, we hang on to so much of the past that we can't engage with the future, because we hang on to so much. When you look at Hebrews 11, and it talks about all these great faith people, you look at it and it go all the way through in Hebrews 11. I encourage you to read it, like beautiful chapter. I talk about by faith they did this, by faith they did that, by faith they did that. Some of them even died, not even seeing seeing that what they God had promised, and it was still accounted them to righteousness. Mind blowing like they died, my mum died, always believing that my dad would come back to her, he never did, and my mum died believing that, I believe that's accounted to her for righteousness, because all these people died, you look at Hebrews 11, or by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, and then you look at Hebrews 12, everyone doesn't, doesn't go on to the next chapter, and then you look at that, and then the first word of Hebrews 12 says, therefore, now, when you have a therefore in the Bible, what it means is, I've told you all this stuff that's really good. Now I'm going to come to the actual point about what I want to tell you. As in, all the stuff that's great, but now I want to actually tell you the thing that you need to take notice of. And it says, therefore, in Hebrews 12, 1, since we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, let you and me, Lay aside every weight. So, all the stuff, all the baggage, all the rubbish that holds us down, let us lay aside every weight. That's so, every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let, him, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So, Hebrews 12:1 says, Therefore, let it all go. You make the choice as to whether you let it all go or not. In my life, I had so much baggage from my past at some point I had to decide I was gonna let that bit go. And we can get bent out of shape over really silly stuff, can't we? I get bent out of shape over ridiculous things. Just ask Leanne. I get bent out of shape over ridiculous things all the time. And Leanne's a great prayer, which is good because I stumble from you know one thing to another thing sometimes and uh and uh and and get myself into all sorts of situations. Um, mostly from naivety when I'm on, especially in America, because they're fantastic, you go over to America, and, and they love Australians, and all that sort of thing, and they're like, let's go do this, I'm like, come on, guys, let's go, so I'm, I'm the biggest amper of them up, you know, like, I'm like, come on, let's go and do it, let's have a go, and then you get there, and you go, oh my goodness, uh, like, we went pig shooting, and all this sort of stuff over there, and then I'm like, uh, this is not going to end well, so, but thank God, Leanne, Leanne Brace, <laughs> I was chatting with my mate, Brian, and I so he takes people out shooting all the time. I said, you ever been shot, Brian? And he says, he says, hell yeah, I've been shot. I said, how many times? He said, twice. I said, how'd you get shot? And he said, well, I, I was over in the bushes scaring out some fowl. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, yep. And they started opening up with shotguns. And I was like, "Yep." Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And the fowl were just coming out of my bushes and they're all shooting with shotguns. I said, well, how'd that go? He said, well, I was peppered with shotgun, wasn't I? I said, so what did you do, Brian? He said, well, I hollered a lot. <laughs> he had, they used to hire these Dodge Rams, and um, and so they'd take these guys shooting at the Dodge Ram that they hired, and they took one out one day. And these are people that are not very experienced with shooting guns and all that sort of stuff. And they keep saying, to him, "Don't shoot across the truck, all right? Because when you do that with a sight, the 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 actual barrel's underneath." And so and so, they had this guy who was completely inexperienced. He then shot across the truck. Of course, the bullet, hole, the bullet went through the side of the truck because he was shooting across rather than sort of up, and the bullet went through the truck. So I said to Brian, what would you do? And he said, well, I took the truck back and said, this one's got two bullet holes in it. And I said, what they say? And they said, yep, no worries. And they just took it back. <laughs> I was like, okay, I love Montana. Montana's great. <laughs> but next involves letting go. Hebrews 12.1, Isaiah 48. Sorry, 43 verse 18. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Luke uh, 9 verse 62 says, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's really strong. That is really strong. And I love the thing about Joseph. So Joseph, when he had his firstborn kid, like he'd gone through all of this stuff, put into jail, smacked around by his brothers, sold off as a slave, all that sort of stuff. And then in Genesis 41 verse 51, Joseph called. So after all the stuff that Joseph had been through, he had more right to be upset than anyone I know. More right. And he was in a position to do something about it to actually get some revenge on the people who had done really bad by him. He didn't deserve any of it. And yet, in Genesis 41 51, Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. You know what Manasseh means? He says, For God has made me forget all of my toil and all my father's house. Manasseh literally means forgetful. So he was forgetting all of the stuff before to actually go on with what God had called him to do in his life. And if we don't forget the stuff that's gone on before, then we will not engage to fulfill the call of God, of what God has for all of our lives. And each and every one of you has a call on your life. I don't care if you're 12, 14. God got a hold of my life at 14. I don't care if you're 75 or 80. God still has something for your life that you can make a difference in this world. All of us can make a difference in this world. Being forgetful. So we need to let go. Next involves uncertainty, point five. When you look at Joshua, and, they had, and the Lord had to say to Joshua in Joshua one nine, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you're engaging with faith, when I'm doing some stuff, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm across at a place called Belmont University at the moment. So they've offered me a thing called Entrepreneur in Residence at Belmont University. Belmont University in America is phenomenal. And they've offered me a job of Entrepreneur in Residence. I haven't even told the people in Monterbury yet, so uh, keep it under your hat. But uh, they've offered me this thing of, of Entrepreneur in Residence at Belmont University. And when I was sitting there with the president at dinner with, with a heap of people, um, including some well-known names that you would know and that sort of stuff, when I'm sitting there at dinner... And the president's wife said to me, so what do you think, Paul, and what brings you here? And I said, it's interesting because the week before when I've left to come over here to talk to you about this, Leanne asked me and said, well, how do you feel about all this? And I said, totally and absolutely incapable. Totally and absolutely incapable. But the reality is, when we step out in faith, that's what it involves. It involves uncertainty. It involves fear of failure. It involves all those different things. It involves that uncertainty because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. They're not there yet, but you're trying to get there to actually step out in faith to do these things. And that's what faith is about. It involves uncertainty. Gideon in Judges 6 verse 12, I love that when the Lord goes to him and says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Here's the guy whacking wheat, in a little room so he doesn't get caught and he says you mighty man of valor and the guy's hiding from everybody and yet Gideon says hey my family's the lowest and I'm the lowest of my family that's how I feel about life we're one of four kids and a single parent mum I deserve nothing and yet look at what's happened and what God has done because I've said God I'm with you and whatever you want to do in my life do it and then just engage with it, and not allow stuff to get into my, not allow bitterness or resentment or things like that to get. I can be more resentful than all of you put together, because I've had rubbish go on in my life. I've sat there when people have said stuff to me that's incredibly hurtful. But I've chosen to leave that at the foot of the cross, and get on with faith in my life and what God has called me to do. And by doing that, that's the. These are the keys of the things that have helped me to engage with what God has got for my life. Point six. I love this one. Next involves choice. So you stand it for the rest of your life. Your past, you can't do anything with. It's done. Your future, you can do something with. You stand today at the rest of your life as to whether you will engage with faith and into 2023 or you can decide that i'm going to get bent out of shape over all these things but next involves choice philippians 3 which i I started off with it says but one thing i do one thing i do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead i press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of of god in christ jesus and that applies to you. That's all of us. We have to forget the things that are behind. We have to push forward to what God, what God has got for our lives. And as we do that, it is remarkable. As you mix that with faith, I cannot tell you time and time again how God is, even in my business stuff that I've done, how God has shown up. And, and I get to the point now where I look for the ridiculous stuff, not the good stuff. Because good is good, but I want ridiculous I want the stuff that is so totally out there that it is completely ridiculous. The Belmont thing is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The the other things I've got, when I bought the National Data Center business, when I did that and and went into a meeting with him, I felt God say to me, do this. And so I wrote him a letter and did some stuff and he had some mental health issues. And then I felt God say to me, stop, don't answer. So I stopped for three months, didn't answer any emails or anything from him all that sort of thing, I just felt God sake. And then after that, he sent me an email and said, hey, I, I, I have some really big issues. Like, I need to get out and I need to get out now. Are you interested in this? If you are, let's do a deal. And so I said, let's catch up for a coffee tomorrow. So this was the week before Christmas in 2016, the week before. So we went and had a coffee and he's the most highly detailed guy you get. When we did the media release, We spent eight and a half hours in his office with him sitting on the floor. I had a professional people write it up and it went from a one-page document to a four-page document. And and I rang my accountants after that and I said, if I ever have this again, like, I'm going to hide the body for when I kill him because, like, I'm never going through this. (laughs) This was death by a thousand cuts. (laughs) so my accountant's like, think of the end game, Paul. It's fine, it's fine. It's it's, it's all good. And And so... so we did, this, we did this deal and I said to him, two conditions on that. He said, how much do you want for it? I said, how much do you want for it? And he said, the number. I said, I'll give you the number, that's fine. I said, two conditions. Number one is we have to sign the contract before Christmas. So we had to sign the contract within a week. And like, I watched his head explode as I talked about that. And I said, secondly, is the day we sign the contract is when I take over the business. But it is subject to finance. But the day we sign the contract, I'm taking over the business. And I watched his head explode again. And so, but we did it. And we made it work and it was the most, it was phenomenal. The deal was phenomenal. Everything after that was just fantastic with it. But it was one of those ones where as, as we did that, it was, in all of that, I had to choose to engage with the future. I had to choose to step out in faith. I had to choose to do all of these things. I had to choose that there was uncertainty, there was fear, there was, if this came undone it could send me broke because it was a multi-million dollar contract. It was all this sort of stuff, all these things like, If this goes wrong, I'm stuffed in all of this. But in all of that, I reached out to God and said, God, I'm relying on you. This I believe is in faith and and I I did everything I could and God moved incredibly. And then that was the launching pad for the next bid that we did. And it was absolutely amazing. But what happened was we had to, the choice was I'm not going to stay where I am, but I believe God's called me to grow this and to build it and to do it and I'm going to get out and have a go and do that. Hebrews 12 also, which I've talked about, says we lay aside, we choose to run. It is your choice whether you choose to do that or not. Whether you choose to run or not is your choice. I can't make you do it, but I tell you, I'm going to run. I'm going to do the best thing that I can with my ability. There is, and when we talk about Mount Barker, I live in Stirling just down the road, and Mount Barker is the Best opportunity to reach out to families in Adelaide in the next 20 years. Mount Barker is it. Because if you don't know what's coming in here, you have to be blind Freddy not to see what's coming up here. Because what's coming up here is is huge. And there is such an opportunity to reach out and reach people for Christ and actually make a difference in society. And your position right bang smack in the middle of this over the road is where the school's going. You know, like it's just massive stuff over there. And, and us as a church are right bang smack here in the middle of this. It is unbelievable what God has positioned you for, for the future. How we can actually make a difference in people's lives. That's point six. It involves choice. And point seven, the final point, is next involves Fruit. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. We can judge people by the fruit. Is there fruit in their life or not? That's the one thing we can judge people by. Have they got fruit? When I had my business, I used to say to all of my people in the business, all of my tech people, you know, you get those little guys in the dark room, doing a little propeller head things and all that sort of stuff. And I used to say to all of them, there's one golden rule, everything you touch should be better because you're in it. That's my golden rule. Everything you touch should be better because you're in it. If it's not, you're in the wrong job. So is everything I touch better because I'm in it? Is people's lives better because I'm in it? Or am I using someone else's life to make my life better? Or am I making their life better and they're thankful and their life is enriched because I'm in it. Because if it's not, it's wrong. And so what I need to do is be a person who enriches other people's lives. Because that's what God's called me to do. And if, and, if we, and that's what the Bible says. The fruit, is, the fruit is the difference that you make in other people's lives. Bringing them to Christ, seeing them grow in their Christian walk, reaching others of Christ. That's the thing that is the fruit in our lives. Is that happening or not? Are people better because we're involved in their life? Or do we complain about whether the walls are going to be grey or black or cream or whatever and all that sort of stuff? I don't care. When they talked to me about that in Modbury, and that came up in Modbury when we first got the Modbury North building, they're like, you're going to paint the walls? And I was like, yeah, probably. Because at some point it's going to need to paint. But I don't care. What I care about is are you reaching someone for Jesus? Because all the rest of it is, can I say this really nicely? I might offend some people here, but too bad. Can I say this really nicely? If you're upset about whether we paint a wall or not, it's probably because you're unfruitful in your life. Because you're not, because you've got not got anything else to focus on as to whether we paint a wall or not. I really don't care. What I care about that Christianity is not built on this building; it's built on here. Christ in me reaching out to other people. This is just a home that we have. This is where it matters. It makes no difference to me whether I have a church or not. It makes no difference to where I'm going and what I'm doing, whether I have a church building or not, because I'm a people guy. I'm going to meet with people and talk with them and go and hang out with them and go to meat and wine and enjoy that and spend too much money and all that sort of stuff. I'm going to do all those sorts of things because I'm a people guy. That's what God's called me to be. But in that people guy, I've sat, I, I sat opposite a guy who's the CEO of a company worth $9 billion dollars as tears ran down his face, as he talked about his marriage imploding and talked about all this stuff going on in his life with his partner and all this sort of thing. And I was able to share Jesus with him as we're sitting at lunch and talk about that. And that's where it's at. That's the thing that God has called us to do, is to reach out and make a difference in other people's lives. And that involves fruit in our lives. And next year, as we go into next year, one of the big pushes we're going to be talking about is us reaching someone for Christ and believing God that we can reach someone for Christ. And I'll be doing it too. I'll be, I'll be, I'm in there as well going, who am I going to reach for Christ next year? Because I need to have that fruit in my life as well. So it's not me just being up there doing my thing or whatever. I'm there as well saying, I need to be challenged about this as well in my faith in my life Believing that I can reach others for Christ. Because when we do that, that's the fruit in our lives. Isn't that good? So that's the next of faith. How do we engage with that faith in our life? Point one was, it involves faith. It involves, next involves discomfort, was point two. Next involves sacrifice, point three. Next involves letting go, point four. Next involves uncertainty, point five. And next involves choice, point six. And lastly, next involves fruit. And as we go to the end of 22 and into 23, we can either do same on, same on, or we can go, you know what? Let's have a go for Christ. Let's actually have a go for Christ and make a difference in our world. And that involves, that's not just you, that's me too. I have to decide I'm not there and I need to have a go in God. I have to decide the same thing. But all of us doing that is what makes a difference in our society is with all of us saying, God, use me. I'm going to take the next step of faith in my life, believing that you're going to be with me, that you're going to make a difference, and that we can do some stuff that we've never done before. And that's for me personally as well. It's not just a church thing. It's me personally doing that. Isn't that fantastic? Let's all stand together. Let's close our eyes for a minute. And I don't know all of you here this morning. But if you're here and you don't know what a relationship with Christ is, or you've never had a relationship with Jesus, or you've allowed that relationship to go cold, and this morning as I've been talking about faith and next and how God got a hold of my life at 14, and you're saying, Paul, I want that, then I would love to pray for you this morning. And if there's anyone here this morning and you want to know what that relationship with Christ is, or you've allowed it to go cold and you want to say Paul that's me I want this personal relationship with Jesus I gave my heart to Christ at 14 and it's been the most amazing journey in my life if you talk to the Christians here it's been the most amazing thing they've ever done and he is personal to you and if that's you this morning you say Paul I want to give my life to Christ then while our, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed just give me a wave quickly Is there anyone here this morning? Quickly, give me a wave. I never want to go past without giving this opportunity. Anyone at all? Quickly, give me a wave. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? Give me a wave quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Very quickly, last time. Anybody else? Give me a wave. What we're going to do now is we're going to pray a prayer and I want church for all of you to pray with me. And what this is, is a prayer of coming to Jesus. Let's all pray it together. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you now and I give my life to you. I repent of my sin and I ask you to come into my life. Make me a new person. Give me a new hope and a new future in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, if this is spoken to you this morning, there's an action. Faith involves an action. And you want to commit yourself personally to stepping out in faith with what God has for your life in 2023. And you feel challenged about that. I want you just to give me a wave. Put your hand down again. Thank you. Hands everywhere. Thank you, thank you. Put them down again. Anybody else? Thank you, I see that. (laughs) You know when this happens, God does something remarkable. I know it. I know it. Let's all lift our hands. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this church that loves you with all of their heart. And Father, I pray as we go into Christmas and we go into the new year, Father, that you would burn in each of our hearts a renewed longing for you in our lives. Father, that you'd burn into our hearts a dissatisfaction with where we're at and a desire to move on in faith in what you have for each and every one of our lives. Father, we commit this time to you even right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.